Welcome to Better Food Stories, a show that celebrates real food and the people and companies who make it. I'm Audrea Greenhoff, and in this interview series, I'm sitting down with the entrepreneurs behind some of today's newest and most innovative food brands out there to find out what it really takes to make it in this highly competitive space. Hey guys, welcome back to Better Food Stories. I am your host, Audrea Greenhoff. Now, before I get to introducing today's guest, I just want to say apologies for the short hiatus that I have been on um, from the podcast. Things have just gotten kind of crazy, busy, uh, a lot of work, a lot of personal life stuff, and getting back on track with everything. So to make up for the few weeks that I've been off, I'm actually going to be doubling up on episodes um, for the remainder of March. So I have a lot of great content and great interviews to share with you. So don't worry, you will not miss a thing of empty handed. She did what any determined mom would do, and she created a product herself. Mommy Go is a healthier and gentler alternative to traditional energy shots. Made with ceremonial-grade Japanese matcha tea, Mommy Go provides hours of calm alertness to power your presence when it matters most. It's also packed with antioxidants, is low on sugar, and it's 100% natural. In my conversation with Elena, you'll learn how she built a successful company around the mission of helping moms have it all, how she went from litigator to running multiple businesses. That's right, Mommy Go is not her only business. How she's leveraged her personal social media network to get Mommy Go off the ground. Plus, why she thinks her lack of formal business education actually helped make her a better entrepreneur. You could check out show notes to this and every episode of the Better Food Stories podcast at audriagreenhoff.com slash podcast or by following me, Audrea Greenhoff, on Medium. Now, on to my interview with Elena Lado from Mommy Go. Elena Lado, welcome to Better Food Stories. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for inviting. It's a pleasure. Yes, I am excited to talk to you and get to know more about your brand. So let's start by... Um, Tell me, you know, introduce yourself to to our audience and tell me a little bit about what your brand, Mommy Go, is all about. Sure. Um, I'm an attorney, um, Mommy, too, and I live in Las Vegas, Nevada. I uh, am a co-founder of Mommy Go. We make natural energy shots for moms to make sure that mommies and actually people in general can have it all. They don't have to choose between career or children or family or personal life. Uh, a lot of times uh, we face that dilemma, right? We invest all of our mental energy and physical energy into, you know, either our family or personal life or career or business. Uh, it's very difficult to combine both. And uh, I was looking for an energy boost for myself to see if I could extend my productive life during the day and be and manage both. And so um, I came up with this product and uh, it has been uh, doing really well since. Fantastic. Well, congratulations on that. 
Um, tell me a little bit about, so they're energy shots made with matcha for anybody who might not be super familiar with matcha. I know I am. I like it. I drink matcha tea. Um, so for anyone who's not familiar with it and the benefits of it, tell us a little bit about what's so great about matcha. I would love to. So matcha is actually the green tea leaves grounded up into a powder. Uh, a few weeks before, our matcha specifically comes from the mountains uh, in Japan. A few weeks before the tea leaves are ready to be harvested, they're being covered uh, with cloth. And that prevents photosynthesis and makes the leaves dark green and kind of concentrate in all the great you know, nutritional things, amino acids and things like that, that are amazing, antioxidants. Uh, and then after it's collected and grounded up into a powder, uh, you, you know, typically you put the hot water in it, mix it up with special utensils, and then you consume it. The uh, matcha has been used by uh, Japanese monks for centuries for meditation because it gives you that calmness and presence of mind uh, to go on for, you know, hours and hours at a time to be able to concentrate and process the information that you need to. So I felt like it would be a perfect match for something that moms need, which is, uh, you know, relax from stress and at the same time have the clarity of mind that we need to deal with whatever it is that we have to deal with, which is everything. How did the idea for this product initially come up? I uh, actually was, when I was practicing law, uh, I'm a litigator and I've been, I love my profession. So, and but by the end of the day, when I come home, when I came home, I was completely exhausted. Obviously, once you invest everything you have, 200% of yourself into your career, then uh, at you know 5 or 6 or 7 p.m., you're basically not good for anything. And that's the time when uh, my kid uh, wanted to play with me because he hasn't seen me all day. And I think any mom could probably relate to that because, uh, you know, they, they they really want to have your presence and um, I felt very badly, very guilty that I couldn't give it to him because I was completely done, completely spent. Um, I would be just laying on the couch with some magazine and he, I remember he would come over to me and say, Mommy, let's play, let's play. And I'd be like, I'm sorry, you know, I, I can't. And it's hard to explain to the child why I cannot, right? The key sees me right there, but I'm actually not there. I'm done. So um, I've been doing it for many years, actually, and I've always kind of felt regretful that I'm not able to just get up and play and engage with him or with any other family member for that for that matter. So um, I was looking to see what could be done. What can I take? Is there a magic bullet? Is there a magic pill that I can take or a drink? And basically, I came across energy drinks, right, which uh, work pretty well. But uh, when I started looking up uh, what they have, what are the ingredients, then I was pretty terrified and decided I'm not going to, I like my liver and I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to sacrifice it so I can play with my kid. So um, when, after I had my second child, I ended up, uh, you know, it, it became even more difficult because now not only do I have one son, but I also have an infant uh, baby. And the baby needed me even more than, you know, my other child. So, and actually both of them is a teenager and then a baby. So they both really, really needed me. So I ended up uh, leaving. Actually, I did a lot, lot more research and I still couldn't find anything to help me. 
Um, so I ended up leaving uh, law, uh, and because obviously kids are more important than you know career. Well, at least for me, um, it was not an easy decision, and I uh, felt regretful. But I did have a, an amazing time with my family. I spent a couple years basically frolicking in Europe and not working and just like being a full-time mom. I absolutely loved it. Uh, it was extremely beneficial to my kids, my presence, my engagement with them. Uh, they both uh, were much happier. Um, they are learning. They're, you can imagine, you know, if you invest all you have into your kids, then they thrive just like anything else. Um, so that was amazing. And then I came back. We came back to U.S., and I, um, on a whim, started a house cleaning company, just like as a little pet project to help uh, my friend who newly immigrated to U.S. And we couldn't find her a job because she couldn't speak English and stuff like that. So um, I, we, we started this little company uh, and uh, all of a sudden it grew and grew and grew and became like the number one company in Las Vegas within the first two years of its existence. Uh, we ended up with 40 employees and, you know, our own building. So instead of a pet project uh, on the side, I ended up with this like really big and really busy career again. Um, and it required constant learning, constant mental energy and physical energy, frankly. So um, I started researching the same subject again. You because found I yourself in the same place. <laughs> exactly. It's the exact same business. It's just as taxing, if not more taxing than a professional career. So, uh, in fact, unlike the professional career, you can't just turn it off after you get home. You know, it, it continues on and on and on. So, um, I did some more research and I thought, surely by now, it's been so many years uh, since last time I searched and it's a trend, right, to have a healthy everything. So, you got to have something. So, there are a few things there, but there's nothing satisfactory and quite that worked within taste completely disgusting. So, um, basically, there was, again, nothing. But um, I remember driving one day and I was listening to this podcast, How I Built This with Guy Raz. Sure, it's one of my yeah. favorite podcasts. I love it too. Yes, and it's so inspirational. And I was listening to this podcast and we talked about uh, the founder of 5-Hour Energy and how he started his company on a whim. And it's basically, it's not even his product. He didn't invent it. But he thought it was a great idea and he invested his energy into it. He was not a food scientist. He was not a. He had no background in beverage industry or energy products industry, right? But he really wanted to see it happen, so he just made it happen. And so by then, I was thinking my identity is more like an entrepreneur. So uh, maybe you know why not? I I can do it too. I have no background in beverage industry either, just like he did. So I'm gonna give it a try. And you know, some people thought it was a crazy idea, but I. The fact is, I really needed it. I needed a product, and I knew a lot of moms um, who also needed it desperately. In fact, what was kind of upsetting to me is that there was an article a couple years ago in Atlantic Magazine entitled, Why Women Still Cannot Have It All. And the whole point of the article was, um, women, you should just give it up, give up your careers and turn to your family. That was the gist of it, because it's just too hard. The society is not supportive of us therefore let's all quit and let's just like you know let's just give up and so I felt less very defeatist and it was not necessary um so I did that 
I kind of processed it a little bit uh, for myself, and I thought, no, you know what? Like, I'm really stubborn, so I, I should try to have it all anyways. Uh, and that product is something that would help me. Um, and in fact, when I was researching uh, how to do it and what do women actually do to relax and to have energy and stuff, and I found out, you know, they, they almost made it into a joke, like mommy's hiding in the closet from the children, <laughs> or mommy's drinking wine, you know, so it's just, it's not acceptable. I mean, it's, I feel like, yes, society could help us more, uh, but at the same time, I don't think it's the right thing to just either drink wine or give up on your career. <laughs> it For just sure. doesn't feel right. For sure. And how old are your kids now? Um, I have a six-year-old and 18-year-old. Wow. So still super busy running your business. Do you still have your other um, the house cleaning business as well? Yeah. Still, That's crazy. Yes. Crazy. Yes. So tell me um, about the ingredients in the product so I'm on your website and I see that there's some different you have um a lemon honey ginger there's a rose almond how did you come up with the different uh, sort of formulas for uh each of the shots and how are each of them different okay sure uh, well the base is the same as matcha mm-hmm. and the idea I actually thought I will do it. I wasn't going to just mix it in my kitchen. I um, searched for a food scientist and I got connected to this amazing woman, Elise Peterson. She has her own tea sourcing company. So she's the one. I didn't think tea, I didn't have tea in mind at the outset. I just thought, you know, I will look for a natural way to be energized. And um, I even thought maybe some vitamins or something like that would be great, like vitamin D. Um, and so when I connected with her, she told me, you know, I know of a way to get naturally energized, but it's not going to be vitamins because vitamins are high dosage. It's like not researched and it's kind of like punching the face. So she said the bet much, much better and gentler way to do it would be matcha tea. And I was like, well, I, I drink tea to relax. I don't drink it to energize. And so she, as we're talking, she was giving me the tea. I was like, oh, you know, I feel, I don't feel sleepy or tired like the way I normally do in the afternoon. So, um, so she was kind of collaborator from the very beginning and she helped select the tea that was the best possible matcha tea, the highest grade ceremonial, it's organic matcha uh, from Shizuoka province. Um, and it's like $82 for a tiny bag. So it's very, very expensive, but it's worth it. Um, and then in terms of the flavors, what we, um, one of the parameters, I actually hired the beverage development company in LA. And what you do is you give them parameters as to what you want the product to do and what you want it to have and not have. So I told them no artificial preservatives, no artificial coloring, and it has to be energizing, it has to be based on matcha. So they were telling me, uh, okay, if, you're not, if you don't want to use um, artificial preservatives, just like everybody else does, then uh, it has to be um, done by hot fill method. So it's basically pasteurizing, right? It's under high temperatures. And, um, but you still have to use a little bit of preservative and we'll use ascorbic acid, basically, you know, uh, lemon juice, right? Vitamin C. So we did that. Uh, but then if you take a small shot and add lemon juice and matcha, it's not the most appealing taste in the world, as you can imagine, because matcha is very neutral. So basically you'd be drinking lemon juice. Um, so I was, and also uh, a lot of Americans, they're not accustomed to matcha flavor or tea flavor in general. So they're like coffee, right? So I was thinking if I add like some, a little bit of sweetness, but not too much because I don't like 
when it's like tastes like a donut. Mm-hmm. Um, just a hint of sweetness, so it's more palatable and more moves it closer to iced tea. It doesn't taste so foreign, right? So I wanted to do that. And then at the same time, I wanted to introduce interesting flavors because I feel like a lot of times moms uh, get kind of leftover as an afterthought, right? We eat leftover mac and cheese. We have like leftover whatever, French fries, cold French fries. We don't get like exquisite flavors made from moms, right? There's nothing like that. Um, And so at the time, um, I was actually remembered how when we traveled in um, Europe, during the sabbatical, one of our favorite places uh, that we lived in was Nice in France. And uh, one of the best things about Nice is desserts, like amazing French desserts. And um, they use lavender, of course, because it's Provence. Um, and so they, you know, I really love lavender in general in food. This was like a discovery. And at the same time here in U.S., it became, lavender became a trend almost. You can do like lavender latte, right? I don't know if you have it around you, but like lately you'll see lavender latte, lavender iced tea, lavender, you know, cupcakes. And they taste really, yeah, it tastes really interesting and feminine and amazing. Like I really love the flavor. So I thought I want to have lavender in the product. So it will be like honey and lavender. And then the lab uh, that was you know, beverage development company, they said, maybe you want to add coconut. So it's more like creamier. Um, so we added lavender coconut. And then another flavor is uh, rose almond. And now, mind you, the flavoring is a very, very tiny part of the ingredients. It's just basically uh, doesn't do anything, but it just makes you like smell it and taste it, but doesn't have functional qualities. Sure. It's just like matcha is, it, it, it just has a tiny covering of, you know, flavor on top. Um, so the second flavor is rose almond, and that was inspired by Turkey because we lived in Turkey in Bodrum on uh, Aegean, I guess, I guess coast. Uh, and uh, Turkish people, they have amazing cuisine as well, and they add rose to everything. <laughs> so, um, and I love it. I think I love looking at roses. I like smelling them. I like eating them. I guess so, and they're very pretty, of course, and feminine. It's easy to market. So rose almond. It was the second flavor, and then the beverage development lab was like, "You're gonna scare the hell out of all the all of us Americans with these <laughs> great flavors." So why did you include lemon uh, and honey as like a, you know, staple flavor so people are not freaked out? So if they're too scared to drink the other two, then they'll drink that. So I said, "Okay, fine." So those are the three flavors, and funnily enough, uh, the most popular flavors are the rose and then lavender, and lemon ginger is not as popular. Oh, you know, people, interesting. Yeah, so it's like, I think, you know, the lab is the lab, and the mom is the mom. If I'm the mom, and I feel like I should be drinking lavender or rose, maybe there are enough moms who feel likewise. Definitely. Yeah. I actually had um, rose... I guess like a rose water drink for the first time recently. And um, yeah, I think it's there's something appealing about it. It, it was intriguing. So, and it, it actually did taste really good. So, yes. Cool. It's a new trend. So, tell me about your customers. I know you are, your main customers are, are busy moms. Where were you first finding your customers? And has that changed at all from when you first started the company? Yes, we actually ran Indiegogo campaign, which was uh, fully funded, and a uh, majority of customers came from just 
word of mouth, uh, me being on social media, I have a fairly decent following. Um, just I'm always collaborating, helping someone, or someone is helping me. So just knowing a lot of people, especially a lot of moms. Uh, and so once I started, I actually, in, at the very outset, wanted to make the product, not just for myself, but for my fellow uh, working moms. And so I put it out on the... Um, Facebook at every step step of the way. So what do you guys think? What do you think about this flavor? What do you think about this design? You know, everything, even the commercial that we did, everything went through people voting and suggestions. So it was like collaborative process. And so obviously by the time that the product was in the final stage, um, everybody felt like they invested in it, something. And they all wanted to try it, right? And so we can provide their feedback and stuff like that. So that's Kind of, it's a community-based product, and it came based on everybody uploading or downloading or suggesting suggesting what should be, even down to what I should be wearing in the commercial. You know, it's just like everything, um, and everybody really helped. Um, so by now, after we're selling off our website and we're doing well there, and then we decided to expand and go to the next level and do it on Amazon. And so we opened up pretty well on Amazon, and people uh, followed us from the website to the Amazon, from the social media. And of course, on Amazon, once you reach a certain point, like um, search results, then uh, you just have you just draw strangers. So once the orders were coming in, it's like, oh, I know that person, I know that person. Oh, you know, I don't know that person. So it's like it's very interesting the dynamic. I sort of expected it based on everything I read, all the podcasts I listened to, but it's still very nice to live through it. Yeah, definitely. So when it comes to your brand story, I mean, one of one of the things that I liked when when we first connected and I saw your website and saw you on social media is obviously you have a very definitive audience, you have a strong brand story. So in your, what do you want most for people to take away from interacting with your brand? And how has that affected how you're interacting on social and how has that affected, you know, like the packaging? What's the, the core message that you hope to communicate? Well, the core message is uh, women should have it all. We can have it all like that. I, please don't read, the, you know, Atlantic magazine articles. Just believe in yourself and feel entitled to have a full life. You don't have to like relegate yourself to just one aspect or another. You don't have to give up. A lot of times, some women, they'll decide, like, okay, I want to dedicate myself to a career. And then they forego having children or maybe even, like, having a personal life. They just put it on the back burner. But actually, it's not necessary. Um, Just go for it and, like, do it. I think we should all help each other. Uh, We should, you know, do it in a healthy way. So, um, you know, people could exercise, for example, but, you know. That, that didn't work for me. <laughs> so in terms of energy, it takes a lot of time and effort and suffering. So I don't like suffering. <laughs> but that is, you know, the core message is we can have it all. And it's not just women, men too. I think men are more silent about it. And they're sort of, society allows them to be just, you know, driven by their career. And just, it's okay for them to do that. And women are more torn. But men also appreciate being able to invest time and effort in being there for their families, as well as also having a thriving career. Sure, definitely. I love that. So now that you have been in this sort of um, food and wellness space for some time, if 
if you take a look at the industry today, especially if you're following, you know, health-centric uh, brands, more and more people are talking about this idea of like real food and knowing where what they're consuming comes from. And you mentioned it too when you started researching energy uh, shots and energy drinks. You you know were unhappy with the product, so you decided to make your own. Um, product that was more natural. What do you think is most exciting and maybe most challenging about being in this food landscape today? Um, the most exciting is to be able to actually make a difference and meet that need that's out there and it's overlooked by everybody. Um, I Almost every day I get these messages and photos uh, from women who are able to conquer something in their life you know to from the very, in the very beginning it was silly people say like oh i was able to pick up my friend in the airport and also do all my laundry and you know it's 12 o'clock and i'm still you know doing this and paying taxes and things like that so it's very funny and then uh on the up opposite scale of it i've heard uh women for example somebody had a health issue in their family and there was an emergency. So when they're packing necessity, they put a mommy go in their bag because it does give you, it calms you down, but it gives you clarity. And obviously in the stressful situation, you have to kind of have a presence of mind. Um, then I have um, a retired woman. Uh, she's traveling the whole world. <laughs> she brings a huge bag of mommy goes and she's just feels oh, wow. that way. So I love not so much the product itself, but what people do with it. Uh, I also have like a business guru who affects like hundreds and thousands of people. She's taking mommy go when she has to sit down and work on a big project, like plan it out. And she sort of like breaks it open like a special superpower. And then she drinks it and then she works on the project. So, and she says like, you know what? I don't even like the flavor. I don't like matcha. I just don't care about that, you know? But I do love that effect of complete and total clarity and calmness. That is like a concentration. I don't care about anything. And she doesn't let her husband drink it. She's just like. <laughs> it's for her <laughs> only. <laughs> she bites him off. And so uh, we're actually working now on creating matcha go or something like that. You know, that's going to be neutral, gender neutral. And so poor men can drink it too. But <laughs> <laughs> Because that's the first, number one question I get is, Where's daddy go? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we were working on that. I always felt like, men, they really drink anything pretty much. Uh, they don't care. They can drink like sewage water. Uh, <laughs> when they're more discerning. Uh, but as it turns out, men do also care. Uh, maybe not as much as we do, but they do care. So I do want to give them something. Cool. That sounds awesome. So let's talk about you and your background. So you said you were an attorney uh, for some time. You have another business. So this is your second business. Um, did you always know, uh, you know, growing up, what was your childhood like? Did you have ideas of one day running your own business? Tell me about that. Oh, my God. No, no idea. Um, actually, I grew up in the Soviet Union, so I had no idea I'm going to be in the U.S. It's like beyond my dreams, and I had no idea I'm going to be an attorney. No idea. And in fact, even when I was an attorney, I, in my whole life, I tried to like push away business. I hate everything about it. I hated everything about it, like accounting, HR, management, all these things that are contrary to who I am. I prefer to work by myself, 
in a quiet, structured environment. Like, I don't like a lot of commotion, a lot of changes. So for me, it was kind of um, um, business came uh, upon me uh, out of necessity, right? So uh, it's like survival. What are we going to do? How are we going to make sure my friend can feed her family? Um, and just and it, I, it just turns out I'm pretty good at it, I guess. Um, when you don't have any background in it, you don't overcomplicate things. It's like, do, does this thing make sense or no? Are we making money or no? Do we have money in the bank or no? That's it. You know, if you go like ultra sophisticated, I actually uh, studied economics in college uh, in my home country. So once you become very theoretical and sophisticated and all of that, I think you lose the force behind the trees. So um, I feel like just doing it, it's been extremely educational. I learned more from running business um, than, you know, going to or less like for eight years in college. So um, I highly recommend it. Actually, both of my kids, I, I'll make sure that they both at least start some company and run it just so they can learn things. They don't have to become entrepreneurs. Definitely. That's interesting. And as far as your, you know, family background, did you have that kind of support in once you did start your own business? Or I know, for for instance, I was born in the US of my family's from Cuba. And um, I'm a freelancer. And so when I told them that, you know, I think I'm gonna try running my own thing, they were kind of like, well, you know, they were a little hesitant, a little like, well, maybe you should go try to do something more stable, more. Did you run into any of that? Um, and how did you navigate any of that? Yeah, as you can imagine, uh, for Asian parents to go from like uh, being an attorney to starting your right, thing, exactly, being like stay home mom, that didn't go down well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not at all. In fact, even my husband, he was not very uh, enthusiastic about it. He, you know, and he's he's said, you know, like all oh, you can't compete in this business. All the immigrants will outwork you. And I said, well, guess what? I am. You know, I'm an immigrant too. You know, so uh, I don't know. I feel like no, they're not supportive at all. Um, they they all express their strong concerns. Let's <laughs> just put it that way. Uh, and you know, to totally be true, I had my own doubts too. Of course, and I I don't know. You never know. You're starting something that you are always, you always try to avoid your whole life and has zero experience in and you don't know what you're doing. Um, and it was, it came with a lot of suffering in the beginning, but uh, it was definitely, definitely worth it to me. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. In fact, I will never go back to professional life ever. That's awesome. And I'm, I love that you are encouraging to your children to to at least try something entrepreneurial. I think that's great. What advice um, would you have for maybe somebody who is listening, you know, to the podcast who might have an idea for starting either a food business or a different kind of business, but is maybe hesitant to to take that leap? Yes, that's a really good question. I kind of. I thought about it uh, quite some, for quite some time. I would say when you have anxiety over what will happen, you know, uh, about any decision, even the decision of quitting your career and going to sabbatical, right, with your family, play it out, play out the worst case scenario all the way through. Like, what's really going to happen? Am I going to go bankrupt? Am I going to, like, get kicked out of the house? Am I going to, you know, 
be under the bridge, homeless, you know, and die, you know. So it just, you know, this is not going to happen. You know, this is U.S. You can, you know, even if you take a setback financially, you can recover. You can get a job, you know. You can get two or three jobs, whatever whatever you want. You can build yourself up. Um, so it's not as scary. And then if you think about what exactly is the bothersome part, like, for instance, uh, you run out of savings or you're not going to have enough money, just work on it and save the money. If you, that's what you really want, just start doing it. It's all under your control. Money doesn't come from the sky, you know, and trouble doesn't come from the sky. So you just, you prepare for, so for my, for any anxiety, for any people who are like Neho Warrior Worms, um, one thing is to play out the worst case scenario for real. And two is prepare. Preparation is so much better than just being anxious about it, you know. So, and it worked for me in litigation as well, because you can imagine it's highly challenging and kind of adversarial environment. And being like a woman and being an immigrant and being newcomer, I was like always the youngest and the smallest, like the scrawniest in the room. Um, so the what helped me a lot is just to be able to prepare, to just go in instead of being anxious about it and thinking how you're gonna get destroyed by opponents or or judge. I would actually do the research and I'll prepare everybody and I would win. I started winning my cases, right? And so. Um, that's what matters. And business is the same way. You are prepared, you research, you try, you work on it. And then once you start, you know, achieving results, and all of a sudden you're everybody's best friend and everybody respects you, regardless if you're a woman or if you're little or if you're Asian, if you don't speak any English. Um, it's, I would say um, one of the things I love about business, it's a great equalizer. Sure. Um, I know I have a lot of friends for... Um, men uh, in business and they uh, they provide the same amount of respect for me as they do for each other i feel no different um and i love that feeling um in law it was a little bit discriminatory honestly but once you beat them then they are nice to you <laughs> so you have to <laughs> so business is even more equalizing than the law totally i i love that that is very sound advice so thank you for sharing that so we've talked a lot um, about business and about, uh, you know, your company. I want to, before we wrap up, switch gears a little bit and uh, kind of go through some fun rapid fire style questions. Are you up for that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So number one, what is your favorite day of the week and why? Ew, um, Monday. No, it's not typical, but Monday I get to start you know I get to like act I'm a person of action so I love you know I love Mondays number two what is the last tv show or movie that you watched oh my gosh um let's see um I watched I normally watch like all the kid movies uh, but <laughs> uh, a good adult movie oh I watched I watched the crazy rich um Asians oh did you like it uh, you know, I loved it. It was a very interesting environment because I have a, a friend here in Vegas. She's a podcaster, actually. She's an African-American entrepreneur. And so she invest, invited me for this private screening, and I was the only Asian. Like, everywhere else no were way. African-American. 
<laughs> in the small theater and I was the only Asian. So it's very interesting to see. And I was actually, as we're watching this, I'm thinking like, what are they thinking? How does it look from, uh, you know, African-American perspective to see this thing? Uh, which also, of course, Asians, uh, we, you know, have our own share of like not being able to be present in Hollywood or yeah. being like, have an all Asian movie. And in fact, uh, another movie I saw recently was Black Panther. And just to see like a full cast of, you know, black actors, it was, I, I felt a lot of joy. So it just made me wonder for crazy rich Asians if they felt the same way, like validations, like, yeah, we're doing this. I don't know, but I enjoyed it. It's funny. It's beautiful. Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet. I read the series, um, the three. Uh, I'm actually on the third book of the series, and I'm almost done with it. But I thought the writing was was great. The story is is fantastic, and I thought it was a really cool glimpse into you know a whole other side of the world that I've never been to or experienced. And I thought it was fun, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yes, it was interesting for me too because I get to see, you know, being in a professional world and, you know, actually I used to live in Hawaii, so I got my fair share of exposure to crazy rich Asians <laughs> in real life. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it was kind of interesting. I sort of recognized some characters. Um, it was very interesting to, to watch that. It, it's a feel-good movie. If you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? Uh, corn on the cob. Ooh, okay. Sushi. Um, probably something that my mom makes, but I can't think of what. I don't know. Some some type of fried rice that my mom made. Probably on my dad's. My parents cooking. So. Yum. I like that. I think sushi would be one of mine, too. I love. And number four, what's one thing most people would never guess about you? Oh, man, um, that I speak Russian. Oh, <laughs> Everybody yeah. gets so surprised. But that's my native language. I was born in Soviet Union, so obviously the Russian language was the language. And in fact, uh, I had a funny story. Uh, I just came back from Delaware. for uh, My husband had a high school reunion, and we're having breakfast in the hotel, and this couple of Russian guys were sitting next to us, and they're talking, and they're very negative. They talk negatively about everybody in the room in a very nasty way. Oh, no. And, and then when they um, started talking about uh, me and my husband, um, and I tried to, like, tune them out, but obviously when they talk about us, I was, like, paying attention. And my husband generally is very playful, and he always tells me, like, hey, go whenever I see any Russians out there, he always says, like, go say hi to them, go say hello, comrade. <laughs> you know, and I always just kind of, like, push him off, and I never do it. And this time, he was surprised to see, he went to the bathroom, and he's coming back, and he sees me actually approaching the Russians. Right? So he's like, wow, she's approaching them. So he was all excited. Um, I actually approached him, I told him in Russian, uh, well, I, I think the, the guys, they're complaining uh, to each other that, Look at this couple. They're like instead of having breakfast, they're on the devices. That's what they said about us. It's not too bad, but it's still kind of mean, right? Yeah, our business. Their own business. <laughs> so when I came up to them, I told them like in Russian. Uh, well, in my opinion, it's much better to use devices at breakfast than maliciously gossiping about other people. And oh, <laughs> you should see their faces. Wow. They food and they like got out. They're like running away. It was very hilarious. And so my husband was like, "What did you tell them?" You know, so. <laughs> We had a lot of fun, but it's true. If you look at me, you know, I, I know your podcast listeners, they cannot see me, but I'm Asian. I'm Korean ethnically. So I 
look full on Korean. You know, both of my parents are Korean and my grandparents are all Korean. So I'm Korean and I dress like an American. So there's no way in the world people will know by just looking at me that I understand Russian fluently. That's my native language. Um, So now I I, I don't know if I should clear my throat a little bit (laughs) if I see fellow Russians talking (laughs) next to me so they don't get into embarrassing situation like that. Or I should just stay quiet. (laughs) Pretend I'm a James Bond or something. I don't know. <laughs> so. Well, good for you for telling them something. That's rude, talking about everybody at the table. I'm sure they won't do that again. Now oh, they'll yeah. know. You I'm... never know who's around you. Don't judge, you know, by by looks because you don't know who's around you. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, you know, it's with the languages and, and U.S. being so multicultural, you just never know. Exactly. People, you know, my husband, he's Caucasian, but he speaks fluent Japanese, so... When we went to Japan, people will come over and they start talking to me in Japanese because I look Japanese. And I would always like point his way to this guy. Right I know he doesn't look it, but he speaks Japanese. So I think you need to respect that in general, just not be evil. You know, that always goes a long way, you For know, sure. regardless of the language issues. For sure. Well, this was so fun. I loved getting to chat with you and learning more about your business and your story. I think that it's very inspirational and I hope our listeners get a lot out of it. Before we uh, wrap up, where can people learn more about you and Mommy Go? Um, so they can go on our website, mommygo.co. Um, they can find the product on Amazon as well, Mommy Go. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook, I'm everywhere. So, in fact, people tell me Mommy Go is everywhere. It's true, it's everywhere. I meant it so. so. <laughs> well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this interview. If you want to check out more interviews in the Better Food Stories series, you can follow me at Audrea Greenhoff on Medium or visit AudreaGreenhoff.com. I'm also Audrea Greenhoff on Twitter and Instagram.